0: Salt City FC, your podcast covering soccer here along the Wasatch Front and Beyond, but we like to keep it nice right here at home. I'm Jay Catch. That
1: is my good friend,
0: Sean Walker. Sean, what is up?
1: Jake, I am so glad to be back here for one night only for the reintroduction of the Salt City FC podcast. Oh, one night only. Okay. well. Well... Actually, this is 2 weeks in a row. This is a new record. We're, we're now we're streaking. We're we're, we're yeah, we're streaking. First streak. We're, we're going streaking. Yeah, we're officially we're officially on a podcast streak.
0: If we had a uh, producer, we'd have like a drop from old school and all that fun jazz, but nonetheless, I Don't don't you do that stuff for a living? I do, but not on not in
1: this realm. So, there yeah. you go. Anyway, more drops out of Did you know did you guys know that Jake Catch has a radio show? Uh, I do have a radio show. Yeah, Jake Catch has a radio show. I want I want more drops on your radio show tomorrow
0: okay we can see what we can do I'm, yeah, I'm sure. I,
1: want, I want like some cymbals I want like some clapping or we I want just, like a Price is Right fell horn
0: or just in, incorporate a bunch of drops of DJ being an idiot on air and we'll just do that instead and that DJ would be David James the voice uh, of RSL the
1: voice of Ray Al Salt Lake thank yeah. you very much you gotta be careful on that podcast He might be listening to me <laughs> he
0: might but he, he, gets, he gets used to me uh, me and PK roasting him all the time so yeah,
1: we'll, shout out to DJ if you're listening to us we love you man we'll work some more in all right, Sean, uh, today on
0: the podcast, obviously last week we were had RSL on a bye, first-week team on a bye. All the other teams, though, in MLS were in action. And I have to say, I didn't catch anything every match. It's almost impossible to do that with 27 teams now in the league. But what I did catch, were some fun, fun moments. And uh, one team we're going to talk about more in particular later on, I uh, got things going on Friday night and that is Minnesota United. And they were on the wrong end of a four nil drubbing at the hands of Seattle. And I got to tell you, Sean, early on in that match, it looked like uh, Minnesota had more of the advantage, but all of a sudden Seattle turned it on and they did not turn it off until the final whistle
1: yeah a four nil win is uh is a little bit unfortunate i think when this one because i thought they the entire first half of play uh minnesota looked good they mm-hmm. looked really good they had that high line that was giving seattle all sorts of issues um they were they had a couple of chances not a ton but a couple of chances just gonna finish off on them um and then all of a sudden i don't know what the sounders ate at halftime but it was some sort of popeye spinach because goals in the 49th 70th 73rd uh, and then freddie montero finally finishes it off in the 86th minute by the way yeah Montero back with Seattle is cool yeah, to see. Yeah, good to see Freddie back back where he belongs uh, in the Emerald City. I know Sounders aren't exactly very popular on this podcast, but I like seeing Freddie back in Seattle. That's that's good. I think that's good. Um, I think MLS is better with Freddie Montero in Seattle. Sorry, Vancouver. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, this was this – was, it's overused, but just a tell of two halves in so many different ways. Um, if first half Minnesota shows up this weekend against R- RSL, RSL might be in trouble. If second, second half, half Minnesota <laughs> shows up, you know the one that was a little leaky, struggled to contain the pace of guys like Rauli Diaz and the aforementioned Freddie, uh, Freddie Montero off the bench, then. I I think Arsenal maybe stands a little bit of a chance, but we'll get into that maybe in a future segment. I don't know. Let's talk about that game a little bit later on. We'll touch on that in a
0: little bit. Um, The other result from Friday was Houston beating San Jose 2-1. A little bit surprising to see Houston uh, win on the season opener. I thought San Jose was the better side, but nonetheless, that was our Friday slate. Any thoughts on that one before we move on to Saturday?
1: I won't bore you too much with my thoughts on this one, but I thought this was a really fun game. Um, I don't know how good both of these teams are going to be. I'm not sure if Houston is a playoff team. I'm pretty sure San Jose is not a playoff team, um, but just a really fun game. Um, just frenetic, pacey, you know, good drama in the end. Um, yeah, I mean, this was, this was. I think the best game to open MLS is now, I guess, technically 26th season, although it feels like the 25th because mm-hmm. who counts last year? We should. Um, this was a great game to open open the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. On uh, Saturday, you and I highlighted the game between LAFC and Austin with Austin making its debut as an MLS club. They're at Bonk of California. Oh, hold
1: on. Hold on. I got it. I gotta, I gotta come, I gotta come off. You gotta come off. Oh, yeah, you gotta come off. You, Carlos Vela. Oh, okay. I gotta, I gotta. Wait, no, no, I don't. Not, not permanently. (laughs) Are you? Why are you benching me? Why are you benching me for the rest of the podcast, Jake? I will give.
0: What, what is it? What is this? Hey, we'll let you what back is- in. We're gonna let you back in. We don't have a, We don't have a permanent. Uh, we don't have a permanent benching rule on this podcast. But that was kind of funny to see Carlos Vela come off. It was the twenty-second minute officially when he was subbed off, and all of a sudden he's looking at him like. What are you talking about? I'm good to go. And Bob Bradley did own it after the match and good on him for owning it. But I have to say, Sean, my initial impressions from Austin FC was Austin's pretty good defensively, but they're going to struggle to score goals. And it's not anything I think that we didn't talk about on our preview last week.
1: Uh, Yeah. The, um, I expected maybe a little bit more out of a Josh Wolf offense and maybe that's Maybe it's just a new team. It'll take some time to gel. Um, offense is usually one of the last things to show up in a lot of MLS circles. So I think Austin is building the right way as much as it pains me to say that. Hashtag save the crew. Um, but I, I do think that they're building the right way. They could be a pretty good team, but I just, I don't know how good they will be. Um, whereas I do know LAFC, man, I, we say this every year, um, but LAFC is back to looking like one of the best teams in Major League Soccer that will then bow out somewhere in the second round of the playoffs.
0: (laughs) Nice, nice poll. It was good to see Corey Baird get on the score sheet in his debut for LAFC. I know there are a lot of RSL fans out there who were uh, a little miffed saying well obviously LAFC is going to benefit from that trade. You know what? Both sides can benefit from the trade we haven't seen RSL even use that GAM money they acquired in that deal but still good to see Corey Baird get on the score sheet. Uh, Sean another match that I wanted to talk about uh, we had two nil nil draws Orlando City and Atlanta I know you are a big Atlanta uh, Stan over there that was a snooze fest uh, FC Dallas oh, and Colorado Rapids also nil nil draw and obviously those are the ones that are not going to attract fans to this league but one I think that would attract fans had they watched it was Montreal against Toronto uh, you and I talked about this on last week's podcast as part of our preview 4 two that's a pretty entertaining match
1: yeah, uh, a 4-2, four, four lots of goals, lots of goal scoring. This this game had a little bit of everything. Games from the run of play, games from the penalty spot. Uh, the Northern Derby, the Derby for the nor- North between Montreal and, and Toronto in literally the southern point of the United States. <laughs> Welcome to MLS, friends. Obviously, this game played uh, in Fort Lauderdale at DRV Pink pink stadium which is the home of toronto fc correct Mm -hmm. me if i'm wrong there i believe you're well they're in the united states i think montreal is based in orlando correct um yeah (laughs) this game this game could not have been more different than i thought it might end up i thought tfc coming into the season could still be pretty good obviously they may struggle a little bit in the post greg vanney era um but Lots of fun. Lots of goals. Montreal's defense leaves something a little bit to be desired. Um, one thing that's not to be desired, though, did you see that goal by Georgi Mihailovic in the second half? Yeah, that was a fun one. Oh, that was good. <laughs> that was real good. So Montreal's going to score. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think MLS is good when the Montreal impact there. I did it again. When club, club Montreal. Yeah. When CF Montreal. Um, I, I think MLS could be a lot better when CF Montreal is better. Um, again, Kind of like with, uh, with, uh, who have we mentioned so far? Austin and, and Houston and San Jose. I don't know how much better they'll be. I don't know if this is a playoff team, uh, but I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch at the very least. This, yeah. this is my, um, Montreal is in early consideration for my league pass team of the year. Okay. Um, for those who aren't aware, NBA fans probably get the reference, but the league pass team of the year is, um, and and you're more of an nba guy than me but i believe on nba league pass the the digital streaming service you get five teams that you're allowed to follow or Correct. something like that yeah, you can watch up to and five so, yeah and so most teams go with like well i'm a jazz fan first and foremost so that's number one but i also like the celtics when they're playing in the east so I'll add them and they kind of have like their three or four that they really like and then they'll pick a fifth team that's just like, well, this team's always going to be fun, so let's <laughs> add them to my league pass. Um, I think Montreal's kind of that league pa- that fifth league pass team where it's like, I don't know how good they're going to be, um, but it looks like they're going to be pretty fun this year. Yeah,
0: so. all gas, no breaks. That's, that's kind of the way I describe a team like CF Montreal. There's no doubt about that. All right, Sean, I had one other match I want to talk about on Sunday, but any other Saturday results that you'd like to discuss here?
1: uh dc united 2-1 over nycfc not a whole lot to say about that game but um i, I just like it when new york city struggles
0: um, <laughs> they're looking like they might have a little bit of a, a rebuilding job there
1: yeah kansas city get getting off to a pretty good start with a 2-1 win at red bull new york uh so that's that's always good 2-2 draw with chicago and new england uh i was a little bit surprised 2-2 nashville and cincinnati um, I expected a little bit more out of FC Cincinnati. Uh, maybe Nashville is just better than I thought, but probably not. So um, can, may, I might be keeping like half an eye open on Cincinnati to see if they can they can improve well, a they, little bit more in there.
0: Yeah, they bagged both uh, their goals in the first twelve minutes. So they. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, one I really liked. Can we move to Sunday? Yes. You let's can move, move to Sunday. Sunday. Yep. Uh, so. I know the game you want to get to. So before that, the other nil-nil draw of the weekend, um, this was a great game that I think needs to happen every opening weekend. This was the Champions Cup game. Uh, Your reigning MLS Cup champion, Columbus Crew SC, against reigning Supporter Shield Shield champion, slash regular season champion, Philadelphia, uh, Philly, or sorry, Columbus, Hosted this at a Historic Crew Stadium. I think they've only got four matches, I want to say.
0: Yeah, they're, mo- they're moving pretty uh, quick, see. yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, a little bit of a snooze fest on the field, nil-nil. Again, not all nil-nil draws are created equal, but I won't pretend like this was a great match per se. Um. I thought there was a lot of action, just a little bit lack of finishing, but I, I also thought it was really cool just to see I, I think MLS needs to do this more often where they open the next season with kind of this champions cup type atmosphere. This would be a great like NFL hall of fame game type, uh, community shield type that they do in the premier league, that sort of thing where you need to make you it take your past two champions yeah. and, and have them play each other. I think, I think uh, that would be great. And it, it was just a really good showcase for MLS. Uh, on national television no less
0: yeah absolutely the game i want to talk about most people probably could guess it 3-2 the la galaxy b inter miami cf and i gotta say chicharito well he bagged his first brace in mls and he did so in pretty spectacular fashion
1: yeah i mean uh javier chicharito hernandez i i think is it too is it too soon to say that Chicharito's back.
0: I would say he's back. But I that's think just he's me. back.
1: He looked back to me, um, and this it was really, really good to see. And if you saw the the post match interview that he had with uh, with uh, uh, John Champion and, and Taylor Twelman, I mean, just super raw, emotional. He talked about how how tough this past year has been, um, and obviously, people know about quarantines and COVID nineteen and its impact on athletes because you know they're in a very social arena public arena uh that sort of thing everybody knew about that but on top of all that chicharito's grandfather passed away um and there was some talk in the media and online on social media on reddit mls and that kind of thing that well you know it's his grandfather like how much can that really affect him is that really a big deal this is a guy who i mean chicharito grew up um just absolutely enamored with this with his abuelito he, he loved the guy. He was a second father for him. And so I can't imagine that death was tough, was, was easy for him. So he opened up a lot on this interview just about um, and, and really showed some emotional vulnerability that I applaud um, just about how tough the last year has been and how he finally feels like he's starting to get over it. Um, and I think that's good news for the galaxy. I think that's probably good news for MLS. We'll get to more of this in our next segment, but I think MLS is better when the galaxy are better. I think it's it's very good for the league LA galaxy right or wrong. I don't like it personally, um, but LA galaxy are a standard bearer for major league soccer international on the world game. Um, And so to have a superstar coming back into form with Chicharito Hernandez, I think it's a really big deal. Yeah. Um, But on top of all that, that game winner by Sasha question filthy 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 you,
0: and, you, um, and you tweeted out the the link uh, to the goal on the Salt City FC Twitter feed and it was actually a great caption you used
1: uh, yeah yeah very very uh, old dad FC vibe if you will Yeah, yeah that goal it yeah. was yeah it was it, awesome it which is a fun match and it's good yeah. to see intros- gets a match gets yep. a goal from Miami mm-hmm. in front of his owner David Beckham and his bestie uh, Tom Brady uh, who by the way I haven't seen Tom since the Super Bowl I don't know if you have I hot take has he had a little work done
0: so he obviously that comes out he's every had a little work done every offseason that's always a question that comes up with Tom he's coming off knee surgery we do know that part of it he's had offseason knee surgery but yeah I, I think that's every, every off season. it seems like tom did you have a certain procedure or two but yeah i i, I don't knee, know
1: knee surgery
0: uh cheek surgery <laughs> some nose surgery maybe maybe so up there uh, yeah. one other match before we move on to our other topics at hand on today's podcast sean was the first home match, home match at rio tinto stadium this year It was for the vancouver whitecaps
1: and they did beat portland one nil uh, yeah, no fans allowed at this one. I'm not entirely certain why. We're going to have to get some formal clarification from the league sure. and from RSL on, on this one. I'd really like to see them open up Rio Tinto Stadium um, to Vancouver while they're playing in their home away from home um, in the other, other white caps um, on the Wasatch front. Uh, yeah, but home side gets a win. Lucas Cavallini. Uh, With the goal, another great goal Mm -hmm. uh, waved off there in the second half. Right or wrong? Uh, We won't get into that too much, but uh, overall fun match. Wish the atmosphere had lived up to it a little bit. Like I said, um, things are reopening on the Wasatch Front. I think we could maybe put in the same attendance figures and restrictions for vancouver while they played in in our home city as rsl but that's just me i'm sure there are league protocols and that kind of thing that they want to try to keep these players safe i get it um i won't argue too much with that point but it'd it'd be it'd be be nice to see yeah Um, it'd be fun and (laughs) all in all the uh the real Salt lake whitecaps fc (laughs) <laughs> are uh, one and zero in their history. So it was kind of funny
0: to see the Real Salt Lake letters that go across the far side of the stadium from the TV broadcast side, covered up by tarps. But that's just—I'm sure that's just part of how MLS is operating with this. But it was just kind of funny to see that. All right, Sean. Well, we are going to have some fun. We're going to play a game that you have brought up, and it relates to a certain big news topic in the, in the soccer world, the sports world in general, earlier this week. And we'll get to that here in just a moment. Let's talk Super League. Welcome back to Salt City FC. I'm Jay Catch. That is Sean Walker. Thanks for joining us here. Sean, uh, Super League is a two-word phrase that in this week's edition of Soccer Outrage. Pretty much has the whole world up in arms. Uh, Had a short shelf life, what, two days before it ultimately fell apart? Maybe not even that long. But, man, did it take the sports world, even beyond just the soccer world, by storm.
1: Yeah, I have had relationships that have lasted shorter than Super League, (laughs) but that's neither here nor there. Um, You've also had relationships that have lasted longer than the European Super Super League. Correct. um, Yeah, this one. Excuse me. Um, Getting some Corona there um this was this was a story do we need to talk about it very much i mean if you haven't been on twitter if you've been away from hashtag soccer media and whatever um go follow we're probably not the guys who explain the super league but this was this was weird i do not have a team that was involved in this i am when it comes to european football i am u.s men's national team supporter first okay and other teams second um i got a couple teams that i follow i wouldn't consider myself like a diehard supporter or anything uh, but none of them were shall we say of the branding level of the uh esteemed highly esteemed super league um you had captain the captain hydra of the super league you're a fan <laughs> of uh tottenham hotspur i am um, a fan of tottenham yes and uh, <laughs> so I, maybe I, maybe you have different feelings about this kay. uh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go, go. The, the thing about this whole Super
0: League idea was it. This is a bunch of American owners in the Premier League, in particular. I know that uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid are owned by their club, individual club members. But this was a move by them to really kind of Americanize the sporting universe in soccer over there in Europe. They wanted to have fixed costs. They wanted to know how much money's coming in, how much is going out. No chance of relegation. All of a, they they just wanted to really fix uh, the situation where they find themselves. A lot of these guys, uh, for example, Liverpool, they're owned by the Fenway Sports Group. Well, Fenway Sports Sports Group, they own the Boston Red Sox and the Boston Red Sox are guaranteed a certain amount of money that they're going to make every single season. I felt like that's what these owners were trying to do in European soccer, created huge backlash. I uh, Personally, I am stunned that Tottenham was invited to do this, but also at the same time, with their shiny new stadium, I also understand why they would be considered for this group. But yeah, it's kind of just an ill-fated idea all the way around, just drew massive backlash from all parties outside of those involved in making this cabal, and it just fell apart really, really, really quickly. But that brings us to what we're talking about this for, Sean. You wanted to have some fun with this and create our own, quote-unquote, what do we call it the Super Liga? Is that what we're going to call it here uh, domestically? Or maybe
1: the North American Super League, Okay, NASL for short. That's not taking it all. Hey, we'll look at
0: that. Right? That's not taking it all. That's not branded yeah. at all. But I like it, NASL, National North American Super League. Let's talk about it.
1: So we set the parameters yeah, so my, here, my right? idea. Yeah. My idea here, Jake, is the Super League was essentially kind of the best whether it's the best teams or not is certainly very debatable. Um, we talk about Tottenham, I give you a lot of shtick over that, but also uh, like Arsenal was invited and they haven't exactly been, shall we say, great uh, for a little while. Um, so, so some teams were kind of in there that maybe should or shouldn't have been in there. Um, but what the Super League was was the biggest brands in European football. Uh, outside of germany at least i guess because obviously like no Bayern. um and so i wanted to make a north american super league so north america for those who don't know is united states mexico and canada um uh, made up of teams from that region that are the biggest brands in our sphere so the manchester united's of North America, the Chelsea's of North America, maybe even the Tottenham Hotspur of North America, the, the Juve of North America, uh, Barcelona of North. I don't know if we have a Barcelona, so that's probably a bad, bad example. But um, so I wanted to make make this group. So, um, okay, so here are the rules. We're going to draft this one by one. So you're going to get a pick. I'm going to get a pick. We'll go back and forth. Um, because I'm feeling very generous today, I'm going to give you the number one pick. So, don't waste it on somebody not named Trevor Lawrence. That's an NFL joke. <laughs> well, we're
0: so, and just to be clear, we're going to be going across Liga MX and also uh, major league soccer. So it's a smaller group of teams. So we're actually going with 10 teams overall for this. I, yeah. So. so
1: we took, so we took the, the same proportion, if you will, of the 60 team um, group coming out of England, Spain and Italy and, um, roughly divided by that by the 15 teams that were guaranteed spots in this super league Mm -hmm. that comes out to about, I mean, it it technically technically comes out to like eight and a half teams. We're going to round up, um, and just make it a 10 team super league where I, again, maybe we'll call this a super league. Maybe we'll call this the NASL, the North American super league, um, whatever it is, but these 10 teams are going to be playing each other in midweek competitions every year for the top brand in north american football all right Ready? so
0: with the first overall selection in the nasl draft that sounds so funny to just call it nasl but it's still fun all the same i am actually gonna pick club america oh good pick good pick 13 top division titles down there in Mexico in Liga MX Really, really storied uh, franchise. 103 consecutive seasons in Liga MX. Uh, Guadalajara, Chivas de Guadalajara, the only other uh, club who can boast that number of consecutive seasons at the top level in Mexico. So yeah, America is my first choice.
1: Oh, that's a great first pick. You actually stole my first pick, so good on you. Um, The real reason why I think Club America, Las Aguilas, uh, Los Azul Cremas, if you will, uh, the real reason why I believe they belong first and foremost in this North American Super League um, is because this is a club that other teams have started calling Los (laughs) Millonetos, the millionaires. Yeah. Um, because they just outspend everybody else in Mexico and I think that is very super league e We're yeah. now turning that into an adjective um, and I think that perfectly describes Club America so great pick uh, great pick uh, with my number one pick then I'm going to go to the hop over to the other side of the border and I teased this a little bit in the last segment but I don't think that you can have um, a North American super league without the Carson galaxy okay, also cut. known as the Los Angeles galaxy based out of Car- out of dignity health sports park in Carson, California. But this is a team that really, um, they, they came on the scene. Obviously they were a founding member of major league soccer, uh, been around for 19 or for, uh, for 26 years. Um, 27, I guess technically, but 26 in competition, um, uh, they're one of the most storied franchise in MLS. They were the hashtag first to five, uh, five MLS Cup championships. Yep. Uh, this is the group that obviously created the designated player rule when they tried to sign David Beckham um, that really opened up the league to start investing more in bringing over big names and international talent and huge, huge contracts that for all intents and purposes didn't really count against the salary cap kind of minimally against the salary cap, I guess you can say, really changed the game in MLS. It was a turning point for the league um, in the late aughts, 2000, what year did David Beckham come over here? 2008? Something like uh, that, seven. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't think you can have a North American Super League without the LA Galaxy. I think they absolutely have to be included. And they're probably the first team that you turn to in MLS. It's
0: a good call on that front. With my second pick, I'm going back south of the border. I know this club's had its, uh, rough times of late, but they're still one of the most storied franchises in North American soccer. Chivas de Guadalajara.
1: Um, good pick. I mean, I, I like that pick as well. When you talk about Lee MX and Mexican soccer, I, I think probably 85% certainly of your American crowd, but probably your crowd overall is, uh, is going to think of Chivas de Guadalajara. Um, yeah. I, second only, I think to club America in terms of titles, they've got like a dirty dozen or so.
0: Yeah. They got 12 uh,
1: versus across 13. Their history. Yep. Yeah. Uh, also one of the most expensive clubs in the world yeah. most recent forms of evaluation put them at at uh, sixth overall in north america across all leagues 31 thir- sorry 311 million dollars uh. us so yeah good pick all right sean where are you going number two um all right let's uh let's Let's uh all right, I've gotta I've gotta rethink a little bit here because there is a club that I think needs to be involved. Um and they're also a little bit inconsistent, but I think they bring a market that this North American Super League needs. I think they're the type of team um that will draw from both sides of the border that border being mexico and the united states um they have had some fairly recent success uh with a i think with a clausura title and i'm talking about straight out of baja california and estadio caliente club tijuana Cholo shing de caliente also known as Cholos. Yep. Um So Club Cholos, you are my, you are my, I guess number four overall pick. As actually in
0: and that's not a bad poll because they're not a very old club in relation to let's say a Guadalajara or America, but they found in 2007. Yeah. But like you mentioned, they are a franchise or a a team that draws a very big we call media market or just has a nice presence so that's actually a really really good pick there all right on to fifth overall pick right here is that where we're at sean
1: uh yeah we're at number five now so we're halfway through
0: Okay, I'm gonna pick my first MLS club here with the fifth overall pick, and I'm actually going to New York, and I am picking New York City FC over the Red Bulls, and it's for one reason and one reason only: the money that is being put in there by the the conglomerate or whatever you want to term it, the <laughs> the their controlling owner there. Uh, I just feel like New York city FC, this is a club who's got the deep pockets, the wherewithal they have the ability to bring in really, really big transfers. I just think NYC FC absolutely needs to be a part of this super league.
1: Um, that's a great poll in terms of market. That's a great poll in terms of media coverage and television. And let's be honest, the super league was founded because of television. Yep. Um, they, they, allegedly i guess we'll never fully know but they allegedly had some broadcast partners that were willing to pay in excess of a billion dollars to broadcast their midweek games Correct. between all of these teams um and i think tv would absolutely love in my uh the on-field product Maybe not the greatest, but hey, you know somebody in this ten-team league has to finish t- finish tenth, so <laughs> I'm okay with it.
0: I'm all right with it. Okay, all right. Where are you going, number six?
1: Um, kind of similar uh, to my last pick there in Cholos, a little bit similar to your pick in NYCFC, and that this is a new franchise, but it's a franchise that has really caught Major League Soccer by storm, um, and because of their early early success in the league, has caught at least the region, if not the world by storm. Um, I'm going with the five stripes themselves, the black and red, the one, the only Atlanta United FC. It's
0: a good pull deep South. You can draw in the major metropolitan area that Atlanta has become. And she kind of beyond that. I think it's a great, great call on your part.
1: Yeah. I uh, open open the season, second place in the East. Um, and the, uh, And only their second year, obviously, they got that Supporter Shield title, uh, made it to the uh, finals of the Campiones Cup, and just there, what was that, their second season? You're correct, yeah. First. Um, Is that weird Campiones Cup time? Yeah. So, I mean, this is a team that they've, they've got the swag, they've got the titles in a very limited amount of time, they've got the media market. I think they have everything that makes them fit into the NASL pretty well.
0: All right, 7th overall pick now. I'm going north of the border. We're going up to Toronto FC. We gotta bring in Canada and their most legendary club in MLS and it's all relative considering they've not had long history but TFC's got deep pockets similar to what I talked about with NYC FC with uh, with my last pick. I feel like TFC, the Reds, they absolutely need to be a part of this to draw in the Canadian market.
1: Uh, TFC, good pick. I mean, it's the most story club in Canada. Obviously, they've got the most success at the top division um, with – I'm trying to do some really, really quick math, but uh, roughly about a gazillion, I think, uh, Canadian Cup championships. (laughs) Um, There's something like five-time defending champs. they won five of the last six there in that Canadian Cup, which – Oh, I'll be totally honest. I mean, it mostly means I know the Canadian Premier League teams technically get births in it, but it's it's mostly the title between Vancouver, Montreal, uh, and Toronto. So of those three clubs, I think TFC is is probably the way to go. Sorry, Whitecaps fans. Um, sorry, Montreal fans. But yeah, I, I think that's the way. It also brings in a very big market. Toronto is one of the biggest. Uh, is, is growing is one of the fastest growing cities in the world very metropolitan very diverse um they, they've got something like five languages that are spoken there by mm-hmm. a plurality of the population so uh great poll i think this is this is actually a great market to expand to as well i really really like this poll
0: all right three um, picks left sean where are you go number eight
1: i'm gonna go s- One that's a little bit off the beaten path and well, okay. I'm down to two. So, so here's the thing. Um, I don't know if we necessarily need this for super league, but I feel like football itself or soccer, as we call it here. um, I feel like it still needs a little bit of that Academy flair. Uh, because it is something different than other sports where you talk about developmental paths and the path to pro and kids coming in from the time they're 8, 9, 10 or in this country, 12, 13, 14 in a system and developing in that system um, and really building up through that system. Um, I feel like we need some sort of representation of that in this North American Super League, um. And so I wanted to go with the Philadelphia Union. Obviously, they're the reigning supporter shield champions, but I don't feel like they're, shall we say, invested enough in this path. Um, and I also don't know quite how sustain, sustainable the union would be in a model. Um, consistent of the north american super league so i'm gonna go with another one of MLS's originals i'm also gonna go with a market that i think we need to pull into the north american super league in the great state of texas gonna go down to texas we're gonna i want to be geographically Mm -hmm. well sought out um in this league i don't want to alienate any region of the country, or at least not too many regions of the country, especially where there are a lot of television sets. Um, So I'm going to go with the Academy champions of the great state of Texas, a founding member of major league soccer, the former Dallas burn of Jason Christ lore. Uh, I'm going with FC Dallas at number eight.
0: Actually, an underrated poll there. Because I think it's a very good point, but FC Dallas, man, they draw on that Southwest uh, connection there, and that's actually a really, really savvy pick on your part, Sean. All right. My final pick here, I'm going back to Mexico, back to Liga MX, and I had two teams I was looking at, and both of them had very recent success. They're not necessarily the longest tenured clubs in Liga MX, uh, but they're kind of middle of the pack. I had to go between one of the other here but i gotta go with monterey
1: oh man you you took my final pick um so i i really really maybe you'll really like
0: maybe you'll pick the one that i didn't pick though i think you have an idea of who else i was going
1: i really like this pick i mean monterey is is fantastic uh 86 consecutive seasons in Liga MX. Uh, This is a team, they've only won five titles most recently, the uh, Apertura title in 2019, but just the overall standard of consistency. um, And also, this is a team that is very used to, while they maybe aren't the winningest program in Liga MX, they have this uncanny ability of playing well in extra competitions. And I'm thinking specifically of like CONCACAF Champions League. Mm-hmm. This is a team that I feel like is always in CONCACAF Champions League and those later rounds of the uh, CCL. So I, I think when we're talking about midweek games and we're talking about Champions League type games or Super League type games, exhibitions like that, I think Monterey um, is is a great pick for mm-hmm. that exact reason Jake so uh really good pick really 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 good pick
0: all right Sean round us out where are we going for the tenth pick
1: all right so with my tenth and final pick I'm going with FC Juarez brand new club just barely founded no I'm just kidding
0: I was going to say it's like FC Juarez come on now
1: uh no I think I think the uh only other and let's see let's make this so we've got one two three four five and then four league MX teams. So let's go south of the border again. Let's try to create some divisional equity uh, with this with this group. Um, I'm going to the, I think this is the only other team. Well, no, I guess there's one other. Um, but one of only two other teams that has more than 50 consecutive years in the top flight of Mexican football. Um, and, uh, and that is... Uh, let me get the full name of this club because all I'm seeing is their, all I know them by is their, uh, um, unofficial name. Let's go with Club Deportivo Social y Cultural Cruz Azul Asocia- Asociación S A de
0: Okay, so you actually went opposite what I thought you were going to go with, but Cruz Azul is a great pick, actually.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is this is a club that's been in the top flight for 86 years. They've got. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Mm -hmm. division titles in Liga MX, Uh, fallen on some hard times, obviously, recently. But they're also, again, kind of like Monterrey, they're kind of in that upper echelon type team where they're never too far down, uh, even if they're not all the way up. I just, I want to bring a little bit of consistency. I want to bring a little bit of history. Um, And I also want to bring in another team that plays at Estadio Azteca. I'll be totally honest. Fair enough. Maybe this is the Tottenham of the Super League, but I I just I, I think the history brings it full circle into matching this up with the rest of the league.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I thought you were going to go with Tigres, Unanl. But that, that, I thought about it. I thought about it. That was who I was debating between, but I think Cruz Azul, I think you're actually a very good pick. And like you said, having another team in Mexico City there at Estadio Azteca is a great, great addition. All right, so there you have it, folks.
1: Yeah, so uh, here, here's our 10-team North American Super League. Uh, no copyright infringement for NASL because that doesn't exist. I think it's never existed, right?
0: Nope, not at all.
1: Yeah, not that I know of. So, so our 10-team league, uh, Club America, LA Galaxy, Chivas de Guadalajara, Xolos, uh, NYCFC, Atlanta United, Toronto FC, FC Dallas, Monterrey, and Cruz Azul.
0: So there you go. Let Um, us know your guys' thoughts, by the way. We'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this proposed Super League. Uh, Sean, obviously, we are on Twitter. Our Facebook page is working, obviously, correct, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right?
1: Uh, I, I don't know. I, I've, I'm on a band from Facebook, Jake. Fair enough. This.
0: I'll go check it out myself, but search us out salt city FC on all major platforms. Love hearing your guys' thoughts. Instagram. We Instagram. love we love
1: the Instagram right now. Uh, there's some fire. Jake's throwing up some fire on the salt city FC Instagram. Yeah, last
0: week. Me, me and the Graham, we are besties. I can tell you that much. He loves the gram. <laughs> all right. Well, we will round things out here in just a moment with a look ahead to rail salt lakes season opener. They are at Minnesota United. We'll examine that match here in just, a few moments welcome back to salt city fc and sean very rarely in the podcast game do you get legitimate breaking news when you're actually recording said podcast but we have that for us today
1: go ahead i'll let you break it uh just across the wire uh, does anybody use a wire anymore? Is that still a thing? Or am I showing my age? We should bring it back. Just, just across the wire. Former rail Salt Lake legend has joined the staff at the RSL Academy, uh, out there in Harriman, Utah. And when I say RSL legend, I don't think there's any argument about this. I used, so I used that phrase a couple weeks ago to describe a certain coaching hire at Utah Valley. Um, and I'm surprised I got a little bit of backlash what? with people that were like, is Kyle Beckerman really a legend? I'm like, yes, he is, guys. He's um, like but the other, like,
0: yeah, there's two icons in this franchise's history.
1: Yeah. And the other one has signed on as the club's youth, youth academy coaching or a uh, goalkeeper coach. And of course I'm talking about the goat major league soccer's all time leader in games, played wins, saves and shutouts. The one and only Nikki Ramondo. This
0: is just an absolutely brilliant move, if you're you're asking me. And obviously, I'm just a guy who's paid to second guess and critique and analyze things. But this was just a home run pick because Nick has made his home here in Utah. He's made it very clear that he's comfortable here. Obviously, like you said, he's a club icon, a club legend. And to have him being part of the staff, it, it, it seemed like to me it was a matter of when, not if, he would join RSL in some capacity.
1: Yeah, so his official title will be goalkeeper coach for the RSL Academy, as well as an official club ambassador participating in community outreach, partnership, and ticketing initiatives for the club during the 2021 season. Uh, so he's also going to try to sell tickets, which I think is probably a good thing right now in the post-pandemic world. Um Ramondo wasn't the only player showing, well, here, let's get, let's, let's get to his quote, a quote from Nick Romando. I'm excited to join the RSL Academy staff to help develop and mentor these young men. Every player has their own journey and I'm looking forward to using my experience to guide and help them reach their goals. RSL has been a big part of my life on and off the field. After taking some time off and seeing the direction of the club, I'm thrilled to join RSL in an ambassador role. I'm excited to bring that buzz back to RSL Nation and to connect with our fans and build a strong relationship with all of our communities." Um, Great quote from Nick Romano slash Matt Gashk. but also, there's a little bit of Nick's voice in that, so I don't think it's totally fabricated. Sorry, Matt, uh, no <laughs> offense. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that that's totally right. I I don't think there is a Real Salt Lake without Nick Romando. Um, He is probably secondary in terms of the just vitalness um, of the club overall, and obviously second only to not Kyle Beckerman. Sorry, Kyle's probably a very close third. In this hierarchy but nick is second only to dave check it's just in terms of how vital he is to the club really led the kind of renaissance um of the the late aughts slash early 2010 movement spearheaded that 2009 mls cup i mean he's beca- he's been the face of rsl for so long that bringing him in now as the face of the academy i think is a great move um, just moving forward to try to give that group a little bit of oomph, a little bit of chutzpah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a group that, yeah, they produce some players, but it hasn't exactly been at the forefront just of of its front facing centeredness. So, uh, great move by RSL, really good move. Uh, Nick wasn't the only hire with that RSL Academy group.
0: Yeah, run them down for us the other names. Let's, here. let's run
1: down the rest. Uh, so, your RSL Academy head coach will be Andrew May. Who continues on after leading the club's elite satellite program at RSL Arizona? Um, uh, including U15 and U9 initiatives. Um, and then his assistant coaches will be um Jamie McGregor and Ronnie Sherry. And I'm probably mispronouncing these, I can spell them, that's all that really matters. Um, so yeah. So, uh, McGregor and Sherry both joined the RSL Academy as assistants, having previously worked with the club's youth development Academy and spent significant time coaching pre-academy age players and helped to an extensively to extensively identify possible additions to the RSL Academy. Uh, Chris Gores will stay on. He's in his third season with the Academy and he'll move over to director of recruitment um as well as an undefined head coaching role for i'm i'm assuming one of the youth teams and then there's a long list of of uh staff members that we don't necessarily need to get into so yeah breaking news in there Uh, by the time you hear about this this will be super old news but news nonetheless nick ramondo is coming back to RSL.
0: Yep. He's coming home to stay. It's good to see. And I think it's just a it's, a it's a marvelous pickup because he will mentor kind of the next crop of especially goalkeeping talent for the Real Salt Lake Academy. But in addition to that, being a club ambassador, he's going to be all over. So that's really, really cool to see. And it, this is something that absolutely needed to happen. I know there are people out there saying that, well, I want him to be on I want him to be on uh, Kyle Beckerman's staff down at UVU sure that'd be cool too but to have him in the rsl umbrella it's a home run. It's absolutely phenomenal. Alright, so funny enough, we were going to talk about the Minnesota United game, Sean, but literally that broke right as we were finishing up the last segment so we figured we might as well take a few minutes and talk about it. So yes, like Sean said, by the time some of you hear this, it will be quote-unquote old news, but it literally broke right as we were finishing up our recording session here. Alright, let's take a few more minutes here before we go, Sean, and actually get to a preview of this matchup. Uh, RSL heads to Allianz is Allianz Arena, is that what they call it up there in Minnesota?
1: Allianz Field? Allianz Field, okay. Allianz Pitch?
0: Whatever they call it up there in Minneapolis. RSL goes to a place Allianz
1: where they... Killer of RSL Dreams?
0: Yeah, exactly. They've absolutely struggled against Minnesota United since the Loons joined the league. Give us your kind of overall sense of where you think this match might go.
1: Um, I'm not very high on this match, Jake yeah i mean if, if, if you can't tell by that lengthy silence you can probably pull that and cut that in post-production so you'll make me sound like an idiot right there but but there is a lengthy silence there because i just i don't know how this match is going to go i mean this is a place um, at allianz where rsl hasn't exactly been quote unquote successful or winning or whatever word you want to use there um it's a tough place to play i don't know if it's the cold, it shouldn't be the cold. It is. The I, was, from Utah. I
0: was about to say like, we're in a cold weather market here. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know if it's, I don't know if they just don't like traveling east. I don't know the bot. If you know, it's a body clock thing. If time zones really get at them. But on top of that, Minnesota United has kind of had RSLs numbers. Yeah. Um, for the last couple matches, at least I, I think that's four straight unbeaten against the loons. Uh, one of them was a draw three losses and a draw. Um, yeah, I just, I'd, I'd like to hope for a draw, but I feel like that might be the hope right now in this one.
0: Yeah. I, I'm kind of with you on that. I, I've kind of had the sense that it's going to be a one, one draw all week. Kind of just thinking about this. It, it's early season. Obviously this will be RSL's first match. Uh, I know that you're pretty excited to see the tandem of Rubio Rubin and as Anderson Julio, hopefully in the 11, uh, working up top for rsl and i'd like to see either one of them get a goal here and kind of start off their tenure as members of this club on a positive note but i just have the feeling this is going to be an early season stalemate for rsl and hey honestly we talk about this all the time sean one point on the road in mls that's about as good as you probably should hope for with all of the travel and everything all the rigors this this league entails
1: yeah, a point on the road is definitely not the worst thing. I think a point at Minnesota uh would actually be good, all things considered, for way Al Salt Lake. Um and and you're right, I I think there's a lot of there's been a lot of flux with this RSL attack over the offseason. Obviously, uh we mentioned in the last segment, um uh Corey Baird heading off to LAFC. Misha buddy, still Misha, mm-hmm. always Misha. Um, but but it just it, it feels like RSL has yet to recapture kind of that center striker, that center forward that they've been looking for for a while. Um, maybe they found him with Bobby Wood, a former U.S. international, who's played in Germany for his entire career. But Bobby's not coming over here until July 1st, question mark. Uh, maybe a little bit earlier than that. He's obviously out of contract now. His contract's been terminated Um in Germany, so he could potentially come over a little bit earlier, but then there's some personal things yeah. that might keep him on that side of the pond as well. So until then, um, you're totally right. I mean, I, I think RSL's attack is basically down to the new guys, Rubio Rubin, former US international, who's only twenty-five. I feel like he's been on the scene for like twelve years, but somehow he's only twenty-five. Uh, and then Anderson Julio the 24-year-old Ecuadorian who just barely joined RSL on loan from LDU Quito. I feel like if one of those two guys can get out to a a fast start with the franchise, I'd feel a lot better about that forward core. Um, But then beyond that, uh, I feel like a lot of the attack is kind of on the uh, young, broad shoulders of one Douglas Martinez, which again, not a bad thing. I think Douglas um, was on the verge of maybe a little bit of a breakout campaign last year. Uh, scored two goals in just kind of a weird stagnant regular season. Had another at MLS's back, but he's also only 23 years old. He's gonna miss some time later in the year uh, with Honduras playing in the Olympics, which is something the U.S. internationals don't have to worry about, fortunately. Salt the, hashtag salt in the wound.
0: Say, unfortunately, um, for some folks out there, let's be clear.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, fortunately or unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so I I just I'd feel a lot better if I could see a goal out of either Rubin or Julio, um, certainly or Martinez. But yeah, I, I think one one probably sounds about right. I, I, I Yeah, I think we could see one one. Maybe a come from behind one one win. Sure. Even. Yeah. Minnesota kind of gets that high press and high line and, and puts one in the back, back of the net. RSL's under the gun. Maybe they throw on an extra attacker or something like that. Equalize late. Uh, yeah, I can very easily see that scenario.
0: Yep. So we will see what happens. Of course, we'll recap that next week on the podcast. Also, look ahead to week three in MLS action. We'll have it all covered for you. Whatever might happen, whether it's breaking news or in the middle of a recording of a podcast, we'll have it all for you. So, uh, Sean, let's encourage everybody to make sure that they follow us on social media Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, Salt City FC. You can find Sean and his many aliases on multiple Twitter accounts, but I, th- I would say probably actually. Actually, DSW is the best one to hit him up on. You can hit me up at Jacob C. Hatch. Any final thoughts or shots from you, my friend?
1: Uh, I'm just excited to be back. I'm excited that MLS is back. Hashtag MLS is back. Uh, Week two, baby, let's go. We're still on a streak.
0: All right, everybody, we will talk to you next week. This has been Salt City FC for April 21st, 2021.